Live from the ACU of Texas Studios, this is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. Welcome to Meet in the Middle Chronicles. I'm Sam Collins. And I'm Norman Papoose. We met in an office and discovered that despite each of us consistently voting for different political parties, we shared a common goal of leaving our kids a better world. When we started talking to each other, we found that we could meet in the middle on many issues that face our nation. That got us wondering, why can't our elected representatives agree? Find the middle on issues. I don't give up my values when I compromise, and neither does Sam. But we know that compromise serves our kids better than what we see in the current political atmosphere. We had a successful radio show, then the Chinese bought the station. But we got with the times, and now we have a podcast. Sit back and listen. Today we cover a court decision on voting registration, Michigan protests that get pretty serious, if not scary, and Norm and I talk about an issue that we both agree on but as usual, the politicians seem intent on screwing it up. But first thing, first two things, fill out your 2020 census. It only takes a few minutes and it's so important. Just go to 2020census.gov and follow the instructions. Trust us, it takes less, than, less time than you think. Secondly, please like us uh, on Facebook, our page Meet in the Middle Chronicles. Every day we share stories that you like, likely miss, but will find fascinating. Now let's get to it. Issue number one, the 10th Appellate Court rules against voter registration requirement for proof of citizenship. A federal appeals court panel has ruled that a Kansas law requiring proof of citizenship to register to vote is unconstitutional. The ruling comes today by the 10th Circuit of Court Appeals Panel, and it upholds a judge's injunction that had banned its use. The panel found in two consolidated appeals challenging the Kansas statute that the state law violates the Equal Protection Clause and the National Voter Registration Act. Okay, Sam, according to ABC News, quote, a federal appeals court panel ruled Wednesday that Kansas can't require voters to show proof of citizenship when they register, dealing a blow to efforts by Republicans in several states who have pursued restrictive voting laws as a way of combating voter fraud, end quote. Sam, okay, I don't want to get into the legal nuances of this because neither of us are constitutional attorneys. So let's, let's address the bigger issue. Uh, should non-citizens be allowed to vote? Now, when I first, first get that question, of, uh, my first response is that everyone should be a citizen that votes. But then I think about over, over time, the history of our country who got to defi- define who is a citizen and what were the requirements to be allowed to vote? Because at first, it was just uh, white male property owners, right? So it was very limited. And I think if an individual, when you, when you register to vote, you have to give an address and your contact information. So they're living in the communities and I think they should have a voice. So does that mean they should have citizenship? I don't know now. Uh, if they if they live and work in the community, I think they should have a right to uh, vote on what's happening in their community. I don't, and I'll tell you why. Because, and I'll even I'll even tag this into an issue that we're not going to cover that barely didn't make our cutoff list. Carnival Cruise Lines is flagged not as a U.S. ship, but as a ship from Liberia or Panama or something like that, and they do it 
for income tax purposes. And a former chief executive for Carnival Cruise Lines renounced his citizenship for income tax purposes. Okay? So all this is happening is I'm not a citizen, so I'm going to take advantage of these loopholes and get the cream of the crop of all the laws that I can that uh, apply to me. Uh, so I'll be able to vote because the Democrats want me to vote, even though I'm not a citizen. But you know something? I'm going to pay taxes through Liberia. And that's where all my assets are going to be held. And so I am going to have the benefit of the United States justice system. I'm going to have the benefit of the United States Department of Agriculture. I'm going to have the healthcare system here. I'm going to have the benefit of the transportations and the roads. But you know something? I'm not a U.S. citizen, so I get to keep more of my money. And, and that's what, and, and I'll take it to an even further absurdity. But since we're dealing with China, I think we found out that absurdities are something that they might be willing to grasp. Imagine you are not a U.S. citizen, but you're part of the, but you know, you are a resident of the community. Do you really think it's beyond somebody's capability that doesn't like us to all of a sudden flood a town with people from their country and then all of a sudden install a city council filled with people that might give economic, that might take the economic development fund of the town and provide it only to Chinese companies? I, I can see a problem then, uh, uh, abuse, but we don't have enough participation now. Voter apathy and participation is low. Uh, so I can I can see the argument with regards to if all of a sudden we got an increased registration of non-residents uh, or people out of the country. But I think that uh, that's an extreme situation. And if that was to happen, that things need to be addressed with uh, different rules about the increased uh, number of registrations or something. That that's, I think those are different different I issues. And going back, I want to make a, a comment about what you were saying about the taxes. Uh, that to me is a different issue too because of the individual taking advantage of the tax tax loophole. So in your argument, it seems as if, if they were paying taxes in the U.S., then they should have the right to vote. So what do you do with all the individuals that are here that are not paying taxes? Senior citizens that maybe don't file taxes, uh, people that don't have income, so are you saying only the people that pay taxes should be able to vote? No, I'm saying that only citizens should be allowed to vote. I mean, that's, 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 the, that's the hurdle. If you're a citizen, you can vote. If you're not a citizen, you can't vote. But my point was, you're looking at it from a, from a different angle, I understand, but my point was is that people are giving away their citizenship for monetary benefit. So if you are going to, if you are going to look at this from that standpoint, then, why, then if I'm China, I'll say it, if I'm China, if I'm Russia, and I want to screw with the American society, I am going to flood certain towns, specifically towns that have a port, with, net, net, with people from my country who will install elected officials that will basically skew uh, their policies to those that are friendly to Russian companies or Chinese companies. Well, I, I can uh, see that being a problem, but I don't, I don't think that's 
really happening. I don't. I don't think they're flooding. No, it's Voter not happening. But I'll tell you something. If you, you, if you allow non-citizens to vote, guess what? I mean, it it could happen. I mean, it could have happened already if if it's uh, if they don't have to prove citizenship. You know, but I don't think I think that there are too many uh, that has been that strategy has been used of uh, restrictive. Uh, voting opportunities or restricting voting laws has been used to lessen the number of people that are allowed to vote. Then you fix that. But I think you can fix that without changing the citizenship requirement. And and with regards to those uh, taking the tax loophole or, or denouncing their citizenship to lower their taxes, I think that's only the ultra, 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 ultra uh, wealthy like it's not oh, yeah. the average everyday citizen that uh, is middle income that that is denouncing their citizenship. Right, but it's a real time example. That's why I used it. Yeah, but how many people fall into that box? But again, we're, we're talking about the citizenship, not the the, the amount of wealth they have. My I, point, I understand, my, but how many people are uh, uh, denouncing their citizenship and voting nationwide? Could it be a hundred people, a thousand people? Shouldn't be any people. I understand, but if it's a thousand people. Out of 150 million people voting, or 120 million people voting, how how much does that influence local elections? Okay, now, and even if you go down to the city level, yeah. But now you're talking about degree of of uh, non-compliance, or I shouldn't say not degree of law breaking. But is it really a problem with the voting? How many of those people you, are actually if you voting? Make, if you allow non-citizens to vote, if you make it a a constitutional uh, right that if you are a resident and not a citizen of the United States to vote, I promise you, bad things are going to happen. Well, bad things are happening already. Yeah, but... So, but I, I don't think, you know, Republicans make the argument about voting rights and who should be able to vote or not, but there's not a lot of people voting. A majority of time, majority of time uh, midterm elections and, and local elections have very low turnout. 10%, 15% of the people voting. So there's not Allowing a Allowing non-citizens there. to vote is not going to increase the number of citizens who do vote. Yeah, but I'm talking, uh, we're, we're creating a problem or, or making a, a problem out of something. People are already not voting. But this is a question of citizenship, okay? Mm-hmm. And again, allowing non-citizens to vote is not going to force citizens to vote. And and I believe the the majority of individuals have some kind of form of ID, uh, driver's license, or uh, uh, ID card that they could vote. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I use yeah. my driver's license all the time. I I don't remember the last time I took my voter registration. I take my driver's license. Yeah, I mean personally, I I, I I think that that if you, I mean, to, I think what we need to do is be proactive and get more people to vote and figure out how we can do that. Um, you know, get things more accessible, but we have to make sure that the person who votes is a citizen and votes once, mm. and that it's their vote that's cast. I mean, the, 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 those are three things that is, you know, I, I'll support any law that says you have to prove your citizenship. Um, we're going to incentivize you to vote somehow, and we're going to make sure that you only vote once. 
We should. We probably uh, uh, election day should be like holidays. That gives people the opportunity to to go vote on that day and not have to go to work. Oh, I could live with that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we can we can find a common ground. I think some somewhere. Maybe it's not a totally pur- purple uh, issue. All right. Issue number two: Michigan protesters push it to the edge of their rights. Has this affected some people? Yes, it has. But we've never killed the American economy over a health scare. Instead of backing off, government has become more oppressive with no signs of letting off, letting up. Now we're told that testing of every American must be done before American life can return. tell you that I do not want the government to run any testing operation of the American people. You were just listening to Sheriff Clark, a conservative firebrand and TV personality who is a frequent guest of Fox News. He was addressing a crowd of thousands, many of whom were decked out in camo and exercising their Second Amendment rights. Norm, before we get to the protest, let's review Governor Whitman's stay-at-home orders. Michigander, Michiganders I know, that's tough, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> are not allowed to travel to their own in-state vacation residences. They are not permitted to use a motorboat. Stores must close areas that sell carpeting, flooring, furniture, garden centers, plant nurseries, or paint among other measures. Violators could be fined or charged with a misdemeanor. That sounds pretty extreme, but have you seen video of these protesters? Surely the response is as poorly thought out as the orders that motivate it. According to WDIV-TV, an NBC affiliate in Detroit, protesters held signs, waved American flags, and even carried firearms while some chanted, let us in. And this is the people's house. You cannot lock us out. And others tried to get onto the house floor, but were blocked by state police and sergeant at arms. But knowing these protesters were holding semi-automatic weapons in a highly charged atmosphere, was this wise? Don't you think that the Second Amendment can be taken too far? Yeah, and this was taking the Second Amendment too far. Absolutely, positively. Um, I think the governor's orders are moronic, but I would have preferred to see a response that was clever. You know, if you, if you ever watch uh, some debate in Congress or some debate debate in Parliament, and I'm in Canada or in England, uh, Ireland, Scotland, and I'm only using those because they speak English, and most mm-hmm. of us, you know, can, can, can follow it. Right, can follow it. Um, there are frequently orators, you know, in, in, in the elected officials who are incredibly clever with their words. And the governor's orders were just begging for somebody to be clever. And instead, people decided to go get chainsaws and, 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 and storm the Capitol. I mean, Sheriff Clark, when he was giving this, we're the podcast, so, you, so people don't see the video we saw. Sheriff Clark was up there talking to a bunch of people, and on either side of him, like, 
armed guards were people decked out in camo with M4 rifles and clips. You know, in, in, you know, shot 20 rounds. Now, you know something? It's legal to walk around with that gun. And if you walk around with that gun, I'm not going to object. I might say, you know, could you at least take the clip out, making you know, making my family nervous, something like that. Um, but yeah, it's their right. And if they told me no, I'd say, okay, you, you know, this is your right. But they are, this is about tone. And the protesters took the wrong tone because they went straight from a stupid order by the governor to th- what the tone was, if you mess with our rights, we are going to have an armed insurrection. And we, and we are, that is what we are threatening. And who, they, who was encouraging them to do, to do that? Oh, it was Sheriff Clark and the, and the right wing, you know, the, the, the people that occupy the, you know, the far right wing. And the and thing an, is... And another resident of a of famous house. He was encouraging... Uh, oh, yeah, Donald Trump. Okay. Yeah, okay. No, no, you're right. I From forgot the about that. Um, they should, you know, somebody needs to think, can I be clever, you know, with my words rather than go out and punch somebody in the face or threaten to punch somebody in the face? Can I make my words such that um, people laugh at the person who is the target of my sarcasm and therefore makes them look foolish? Well, there's a saying, I believe, that the pen is more powerful than the bullet. Mm-hmm. And to your point, someone should have used the pen to counter that what the governor was doing. Yes. As opposed to uh, this this imagery of all of these individuals uh, carrying these weapons, uh, something bad could have really happened. You mm-hmm. know, if it, if, if it, I mean, what happens if they have a real confrontation? Uh, a lot of people could have got killed. Right. You know, you don't come back from, uh, you know, those individuals feeling they had, if, if someone felt they had to defend their life or rights and uh, our, our public officials and, and public servants that are on the front lines trying to keep uh, things in order, uh, it would have been a horrible scene. Yeah. So. And, and there, there is the, there is the uh, theory. And if you watch, do you watch Homeland? No. Okay. Homeland is a uh, a spy thriller and it's like five seasons long six seasons long just had its last episode and in it there's a lot of there's a lot of interactions in white house and the cia and they talk a lot about the theory of proportionality and the and essentially what it means is if iran sends an attack boat out and shoots up one of our ships we're not gonna you know throw a nuclear missile on tehran okay mm-hmm. we'll do something a proportionate response you know, whatever that might be, sink one equal of their force, boats. Equal yeah. return force. And uh, it kind of like what, what Trump did, you know, um, with, uh, with Iran, you know, previously. But I won't go, you know, let's not go there. This was not proportional. A governor issued a stay-at-home order with restrictions that were stupid, may have been unconstitutional. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. May have been unconstitutional. The, the proportional response was not to take a tone that were ready to go to the guns in order to get this. And even with the, with the way they hit the streets uh, protesting and blocking uh, traffic, uh, emergency vehicles and first responders couldn't, you know, move people. Uh, some people, when they said there were some ambulances that couldn't get through taking people. You know, this, this is a serious time. Somebody could have lost their life not being able to get through that traffic. And I know they have a right to express their their uh, 
freedoms and opinions, but they were putting a lot of other people at, at risk also yep. uh, by, by gathering uh, together. And uh, they were not only uh, waving American flags, in some instances they were waving Confederate flags. And that just added fuel to the fire. Yeah, it's the tone. Uh, it, it, absolutely. And uh, it was uncalled for. On to issue number three. We continue our advocacy for a universal basic income. Congress preparing for a new round of relief measures. Speaker Nancy Pelosi says lawmakers might consider extending those one-time checks from the federal government as part of a brand new relief package and, and that will be coming up soon. Watch. We may have to think in terms of some different ways to put money in people's pockets. Let's see what works, uh, what, is, uh, uh, what is operational and what needs uh, other attention. Others have suggested a minimum income for uh, a guaranteed income for people. Is that worthy of attention now? Perhaps so. That was Speaker Pelosi speaking about a universal basic income when asked about future legislation aimed at relief efforts in the current crisis. According to the website Mashable, and nearly all of us, well, those of us in the 99%, have had times in our lives when even the fear of money insecurity could give us sleepless nights and diminished days. It's really the ultimate marriage of left-wing and right-wing thinking, says Rutger Bregman, Dutch historian and author of the popular pro-UBI book, Utopia for Realists. It's about individual freedom in Silicon Valley, they call it FU money, right? The idea that you need a certain amount of money to quit what you're doing right now. A basic income is FU money for everyone. It's venture capital for the people. Norm, I know you agree with me. Why can't Republicans see the light? Okay, well, let's, let, let's uh, first go over a study and you know people talk about this but but i, I want to bring out one key point this guy talks about you know when he talks about silicon valley and fu money there was a study done on universal basic income over in uh norway sweden denmark i think it was denmark and they had to end it early so the data wasn't complete and they're still working on the full study you know the analysis but one thing was really clear when looking at the numbers initially. One thing just sprang out. The people, this town that got the universal basic income, when it was instituted, saw a higher uh, propensity for people to uh, leave their jobs and begin entrepreneurial efforts. Okay, just like a Sam Walton, uh, just like a uh, Bill Gates just like a Jeff Bezos or, you know, uh, uh, a Tucker, the guy who built that car, you know, in that movie. Um, so the universal basic income gave people the, the, the uh, what would you call it? The, the net, the social, the, the financial netting. The foundation to, say, to stand on. Yeah, yeah. To say, I have this great idea I think can turn into something big. But if I leave my job, you know, I, I, I can't cover my I can't, basic I can't cover needs. my expenses. Yeah. So this covers your basic expenses. Now the flip side and where the conflict comes in is that I think the universal basic income is absolutely a more efficient way to run a government. But when you give a universal basic income, that means you take away 
housing subsidies, you take away food subsidies, you take away healthcare subsidies. The cash replaces all that. It's not in addition to. And that's where the fight is right now because the Republicans don't want it because they think giving away money for free is somehow violates the, the you know the, their moral principles unless they need the money yeah yeah okay <laughs> can we agree on that yeah okay yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. if, if now, their community this, or if their business needs the money all of a sudden is is good government oh yeah hey i'm i am not gonna you know me in in, in my fiscal point of view um but in but but they're conflicting with the democrats because the democrats are thinking now i can get all this aid to, to the communities that vote for us, plus I can give them an additional income on top of that. And that's not what a universal basic income is. Now no. you're just paying people off. And, and you can't, you, that's not sustainable. You, you, you can't, uh, that dollar is not multiplied uh, to, uh, or shouldn't be multiplied uh, to create more, more. You would have to cut some of those other programs, the housing and food subsidies. And then you have the challenge of uh, how much it costs to live in different communities. Right, exactly. Uh, so. And so you'd have to have some sort of local authority, you know, uh, pulling the lever, you know, up or down you know, or something like that. But you bring up a really interesting point that I want to get in. We have interviewed a lot of politicians and candidates. And undoubtedly, when we ask a Democrat where they're going to cut the federal budget, what do they say? Oh, uh, defense spending. Defense spending. Yeah. Yet, the Pentagon was on point throughout this whole crisis. They did not fail us at all, ever. Matter of fact, they outperformed. Now, I still think there's a lot of a lot of waste there, though. There's still a lot, a lot, a lot of spending that that we could we could find a way to cut. We still yeah. we're still spending too much on wars. Again, uh, the power of the pen is greater than the bullet, and if we just want to. Uh, have these uh, war machines that are able to blow up people. I mean, how many times can we blow the world up with nuclear weapons? I mean, I'm I'm glad that we're able to defend our country, but at some point, uh, you know, we gotta we gotta do better. Yeah, and 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 you know, like uh, I think the person who you you should vote for is Donald Trump because he's America first. And he's going to bring all the jobs back here and all the manufacturing back here. And therefore, we will not need to project power across the globe, thereby well, allowing savings in the Pentagon. I'm glad we're not paying Norman to think because <laughs> I think I should vote for Donald Trump. <laughs> oh. well, keep them thoughts to yourself uh, uh. because I, I think it's going to be uh, we're not going to be able to meet in the middle there. Uh, you know, there are certain things uh, about. Uh, uh, lowering taxes for business I could get with, get with, but at the same time, uh, we have to get money in the hands of everyday people. If this crisis has taught yes. us anything, is that we, everyday people were were tinkering on the on the brink of uh, yes. catastrophe with just a, missing a paycheck or two. Yes, uh, the entire yeah. hospitality industry, which we know a lot of people in down here in you know Southeast Texas. Yeah, and. Uh, and these individuals are hardworking individuals. Some of the the people, the waiters and waitresses, and uh, the barbers and beauticians, they're they're really suffering uh, right now. Uh, I mean, I send my barber uh, a tip every two weeks, even though I'm not going to the shop because I know it's affecting him. I don't know how many other customers are, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's going to be a prepaid cut or what. I have to negotiate that with him. 
uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> to we, get some of that back. Yeah, we're doing the same thing. We have we have uh, three young ladies who come to our house every other week, you know, mm-hmm. to, to to clean the stuff that you know we just find too monotonous to do, and uh, and we've we've been paying them. And I don't know how we're going to work it out, yeah. you know. But but you know the the universal base. Think about it, Sam. The universal basic income. It, that infrastructure would have allowed this entire process to go so much more smoothly. Yeah, yeah if they if they had already had that in in place, and and there's still a uh, to me with the relief that was voted on, there's so much exploitation in the system and, and abuse mm-hmm. of big businesses and individuals coming in that know how to work the system, so they're getting they're taking advantage of this uh, relief. Uh, so. That's uh, if you didn't see our article in January, uh, you can go to galvnews.com and see the guest column Norman I wrote on the UBI. Uh, you could look that up, galvnews.com, search for Norman Papoose or Samuel Collins in the article, or search for UBI, uh, and that article comes up from January. So that's it. Okay, please like Meet in the Middle Chronicles on Facebook. Some of the stories our followers saw this week from the Wall Street Journal, miscalculation at every level left U.S. unequipped to fight coronavirus. From Bloomberg, oil for less than nothing? Here's how that happened. From DNYUZ, the debate about whether expanded unemployment insurance is too generous explained. Norm, uh, from the New Yorker. This is, and I love the New Yorker, even though you know it's on the other side of the political spectrum. But this is a great, great article. How Harper Lee wrote and how she didn't. Now, of course, Harper Lee is the author of *To Kill a Mockingbird*, and if you've never read the book, right after you finish this podcast, go to Amazon, order your copy of *To Kill a Mockingbird*. From OCCRP.org, critics argue that the U.S. government should not bail out cruise liners. Now, I don't think the, the government should have been bailing out the cruise lines either. It's not essential to our survival as a, as a country. And that money, I believe, could be better used in other areas. And you, you know what upsets me about this? Is that when people go on these cruise liners and something bad happens and they try to sue the cruise liners, the cruise liners automatically hide behind their, their flag, uh, you know, with the, 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 behind the laws of the country that their ship is flagged in yeah. you know we'll go to that country to get your freaking bailout money exactly. not the u.s taxpayer. exactly uh that that is a is a problem for uh many reasons and you know the government picking who wins and who loses uh with individual businesses is is, is a problem i mean i think yeah. there's some things that are essential you know we can argue about the the banks and things what happened last time but there are some things that are critical to the a survival of our system and I don't think cruises being mandatory or cruises surviving is, is, is part of that. Again, go to those countries that you have the protections under and not the U.S. government. Right. I couldn't agree more. And uh, anyway, well, well, that's it for today. That's it for this week. Have a great weekend and stay safe. Remember to go to 2020census.gov and complete your census survey. Get that done. And spend time with your kids. Raise them right. 